Thanks to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours looking for candidates with the right skills. Start hiring now at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer good for a limited time. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. And... Thanks to Avast for also supporting the Apple Bits XL. With Avast One, you can confidently take control of your online world by helping you stay safe from viruses, phishing attacks, ransomware, hacking attempts, and other cybercrimes. Learn more about Avast One at avast.com. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. Hey, hey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 241. We are getting oh so close to 250, so thank you for all of you who have continued to listen. This is the show where we talk about all the big news, all the big stories around the world of Apple. This episode, we're going to talk about the iPhone and USB-C coming maybe as soon as next year. Apple just commented about it. And also, we're going to do some reviews with the new 10th generation iPad and the M2 iPad Pro with special guest Michael Josh. All right, y'all want to be a part of the show. I keep on asking for your calls. We actually do have calls, but I had to bank them again because this is a review show. So what do you need to do to be a part of it? Record a voice memo on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, any platform. Send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. All you got to do is tell us your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, and I will put it in the show This week is a long show because it's a review episode, so I'm going to bank them and put them in next week, but I know several of you have sent in voicemails, and you will not go ignored, or voice memos. We don't do voicemails or any voice, voice memos. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content. It starts at $2 per month, goes up to $5, which is like a cup of coffee per month. 10, the 25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. This supports the podcast. It supports all of my content. Uh, If you listen to this podcast, you get early access to the podcast. You get rewards at different levels, and you get a completely ad-free version of the show Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is uh, how you have all allowed me to keep on doing this. And I can only say thank you, thank you. So also, yeah, no ads. You don't want ads? That's what you do it for as well. All right. So I have special guest Michael Josh here. We dig into the whole iPhone 15 USB-C. You know, Greg Joswiak was just recently interviewed and had some interesting statements to say on the matter. So we'll talk about that. Plus, we're going to go really deep with the 10th generation iPad and the M2 iPad Pro. So let's just get right to it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, special guests in the house joining us, Mr. Michael Josh from Gadget Match. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for uh, having me. It's been a, it's been a while. It's It's been a while now for um, people that might not know of your work. I mean, I've known you forever. Can you can you let the good people you know know what you do and where they can find all your content? Yeah, um, the channel is called Gadget Match. I like to call myself the Gadget Matchmaker. I help. Oh. I like to think I help people find the right gadget match. So if you're in the market for a new device, check out my channel. Maybe I can help you. And I believe we have had you on the show one time before a, a while ago. A while ago, about a year ago. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, um, thanks for coming back and hanging out. What we're gonna do here is we're obviously gonna talk about the new iPads, but because sometimes Apple news takes precedent and kind of shakes things up, um, I did want to first of all talk about this whole you know recent interview with Greg Joswiak, uh, you know, at Wall Street Journal's kind of a little tech conference they did an interview and um apple themselves basically came out and said that we will be switching over to USB-C. um we don't have any choice in the matter because they're going to be complying with the eu's passing the rule saying hey by i think it's by the end of 2024 yeah, all devices at least over right fall 2024 um we'll need to do that now this was kind of fun about it apple themselves in the interview when greg joswiak talked about it they said that he what they weren't enthused enthusiastic about this move right they were essentially forced to do it by the eu um but they also kind of put in their own comments of saying well guess what you know uh over a billion people have apple devices that use lightning chargers right now um you know they also complained about the fact that the proprietary lightning cable and USB-C, that that new cable that they have to go into apple's USB-C charger 
would not have even existed if Apple fell to the demands of the EU to just make all their phones micro USB. We remember micro USB from many years ago. Um, you know, they said it was, hey, it, was, it wasn't as reliable. It could be more easily damaged. So Apple obviously not happy about this. What are your thoughts of this whole, you know, obviously Apple basically saying, okay, we're going to fall in line, USB-C coming to the iPhone. What are, what are your thoughts on that, Michael? There's a lot to unpack there, right? <laughs> uh, I think every time I think about this, obviously I want USB on my iPhone, mm -hmm. but I also have to, to, and that's because I'm a tech reviewer. I have devices that are USB-C. Um, and so I was like, you know, just one cable to bring on a trip is better than, you know, only looking for a lightning cable when I need it and no one has it. Um, but I also kind of have to put myself in the position of a regular user who maybe has been using an iPhone all his or her life and does not have a USB-C cable. And there are going to be people like that. And so I don't know if it's, if it's that big of a deal for other users as it is for people like you and me who are creators and who review tech for a living. Um, Apple has always been bullish when they mm. choose to kill a port or change a, a cable pipe, you know, like they've they've killed the CD drive, they killed Firewire, and Firewire. They've, they've done so much of this over the years when they feel so much so that, because you think about it, like Apple is kind of saying, we don't want to hurt our consumers, right? Um, we don't want to cause a big inconvenience to them. We're not that kind of company. But then again, they've also, when they choose to do so, um, you know, taking out sim, uh, the SIM tray this year. That removing the headphone the, jack, removing the headphone jack, right? That was a that was a big one. Most and they recently. and in those in those examples, they were ahead of their time. Um, maybe a necessary push to move the industry forward, but they also caused a lot of pain for their users during that transition. Um, so, you know, you could go either either way there. Um, you know, there's been so many rumors about what Apple was planning to do, right? There, people have said like, oh, Apple's not going to, to do that, you know, because we're going to transition to completely wireless charging, the portless mm -hmm. iPhone. Um, but I don't think we're, we're there yet. Um, they don't have a choice. And an another question is, will we get it in the US, right? Is it just going to be, mm -hmm. going to be lightning everywhere in the world and USB-C in, in the EU? Um, I mean, that's a, that's an interesting thought. I mean, yeah. I think we're probably just from a pure manufacturing standpoint, you know, knowing how Apple runs the ship, they'll probably obviously likely do USB-C across the board. But it is an interesting question you pose because you, you kind of mentioned a couple of things that I thought was interesting. And we talk about it a lot on this podcast. You use the word bull, bullish. Right. I'll sometimes yeah. use the word bully. Right. Apple <laughs> has the power to push and dictate industry industry trends. We have seen that time over time. Uh, to your point, like all those things that we talked about, they were ahead of their time. But because Apple is so large, because they have such a major impact um, on the tech industry, and they have such a large consumer base, that is basically the general consumer. You and I, we cover tech at a different level, but the general mom and pop consumer is all Apple. And so when Apple does something, they react. I remember when I was super resistant to basically buy a USB-C charger well before, you know, they started even offering a USB-C version of the charger because I think it cost me around like 120 bucks to buy like an Apple Watch cable that was a USB-C, a USB-C to Lightning cable and a USB-C charger at the time. And I'm like, what? But once I bought them, you know, and I, and I remember saying, hey, the general consumer doesn't need to do this. It's going to happen eventually, but it sure is a pain in the ass to throw down 120, 140 or how much it was for all those things just to switch over to USB-C. Well, now we're at the point where Apple has no choice. And there's going to be, to your point, a lot of consumers who don't care and don't really, I don't want to say they don't know, but they don't care about the fact that, oh, Apple doesn't have any charger and any cable in their phones anymore. So there are a lot of people that are still using their old USB-C and lightning cables still yes. to this day that yeah. have never felt any impact from this whole USB-C transition. Exactly. Um, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm trying to think about what accessories people might have, right? That will get screwed. Like, mm. um, is it just a matter of cables? 
because are there, you know, I, but then like I see creators with those microphones now that they plug into the port, but mm -hmm. I'm trying to think about what other accessories the average user might own that will stop working because they're lightning accessories. I would say speak like speaker docs. So there are speaker. some out there, right? Yeah. Some speaker docs, not all, but I think Belkin makes one. And then back in the day, I mean, there was like iHome and there were all the Apple even had their own speaker with the lightning yes. connection, um, yes. I think during like the mini nano era. microphone kits and yeah, other yeah. external camera kits. But I think these days, if I think about the Apple ecosystem, a lot of it is MagSafe accessories now yeah. um, or wirelessly connected anyway. So, um, but I, obviously, you know, the, it's about cable ownership too. You know, that Apple... Apple, I'm really happy that um, Apple's doing a lot of the braided cables, the woven cables now. They call, they call it <laughs> you the, live that you live that woven cable life. You're because so it is no, because it is. It, it, well, in my head, I think it's more. It's going to be more durable. I mean, how many white Apple cables have have people ruined over the years? Right. It's that's an industry in and of itself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. So, but I, I can get, I get it. Some people will have a cable in the car for when they connect it. So they want to get the car plug going. They probably have a cable in their bag when at work. So there's a lot of cables. Obviously, Apple will ship a USB cable in the box if they do change the port or when they do change yeah, the port. Yeah. So you'll at least get one. But, you know, some will argue, well, we replace cables all the time, too. And, um you know, we're, we're changing because the Apple argument, too, is um, they, they make a, an argument for the environment that it's also the footprint yes. of having people to throw away so many lightning cables all at the same time it is a waste. Um, the, the other thing, though, you could. <laughs> so, right. It's always interesting when an issue comes up and Apple is at the center of the decision. Apple always throw out their bullet points of why this is important to them or why they should do it this way, because it also is with within their self-interest. And to your point about throwing these cables better for the environment, you could arguably say if Apple switched over to USB-C earlier, yeah. all these cables and all these accessories that, you know, won't would it would have been replaced a long time ago too, before right. they started hitting, you know, sales of not 10, you know, hundreds of millions of phones, right? Yeah. When they're that's, that's also another flip of the coin. I think the other thing when you talk about all these cables, like Apple even said, hey, we solved the problem for separate chargers, whether it's a lightning charger, USB-C, um, because we created this cable. So, you know, yeah. whether you, EU, we put, I think when, and that by them, like kind of arguing this as a point, like we solved this by making a USB-C charger. I think Apple was honestly hoping that that was enough to hold the EU off from saying, hey, USB-C on the phones, on the phones, because people forget this and don't talk about this. Apple makes a licensing. They make a royalty off of all lightning connector products yes. and accessories. Accessory. Yes. It's the iFi. It's the iFi. Was it the iFi or the MiFi I, program? MiFi. It's yeah, MiFi. MiFi. It's, the, it's, a, it's a licensing program that companies like Belkin and all these others that make all these accessories that use that connector have to pay. Well, like, guess what? One, yeah, per. Per so, device. Oh, yeah. Once that goes away, I'm not saying it's their largest revenue leader, but it's a big chunk of revenue when you think of all the phones out there and all the accessories out there. That's, that's it. a really that's a really good point. Yeah. So it's, there's it's there's money involved here. Obviously, Apple, you know, there's a certain arrogance to 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 it. And I get it because, you know, you know, they're just as as they used as an example, like, you know, if we followed your directive and and you know and switch to micro USB, what would it what would we do to you know what would it be today? And that's true. Because in Apple's head too, the we know best. We have plans and you can definitely see them not being happy to be told what to do. Exactly. Because Apple, yeah. right? They're like, we have a, our own plan and we want to do things our way. Um so you can definitely feel that dynamic there mm -hmm. and you know sometimes you also you know as a as a consumer sometimes i also like just uh trusting a company to like to a company like apple to tell me what i might like because sometimes they do have really great ideas that i buy into and it becomes a part of my life too so um like the woven like the woven cables <laughs> <laughs> But as you're you're gonna say one uh, more point. Sorry about that. No, I think that I think that was it. Um, uh, I'm, but you know, whatever will be will be. Um, I don't think I will be affected as much. But yeah, that's yeah I, me, I, yeah, my position of privilege. So yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Day, yeah, as long as it's it's good for the users, because 
I'm not convinced that it's good for the user necessarily if you're just talking about existing iPhone users. That said, there are a lot of Apple products already, and we will talk about some of them later, that have switched to USB-C, right? And so, um, yeah, let's just get the same cable. Why not? Yeah, I th- you know? there, there's going to be a point of, there's already a point of confusion for people when they had heard about a USB-C charger. I mean, my yeah. mom and dad, they still use their original USB-C, and sorry, not USB-C, their USB-A to lightning a, cable power adapters lightning. from geez five six years ago because they didn't want to replace I them know, i know a lot, i've still seen a lot of those cables plenty. out in the wild yeah, yes plenty so, so that's plenty. my point yeah so it's like um it, you can argue it both ways right it could be bad for the user because they are they're so used to the lightning cable or it could also be confusing and good for the user because even in the apple system there are a variety of cables right and in, in the apple ecosystem alone um, so, you know, just have the same port because you, it's the same plug we use for, to charge our computers and, and our iPads. You know what I just thought about something, you know, how you're talking about woven cables. Yeah. I think the cable differentiator between a lightning cable and a, wo- and the woven cables that the woven cables are USB-C cables now. I think yeah. it's a subtle thing, like, cause, but I didn't think about it, but the only woven cables that I believe yeah. Apple has put out other than maybe the mouse cable to actually that's a USB-C to lightning connector for the mouse charging cable on the M1 iMac that yes. comes bundled with it. Yes. I think all the woven cables are actually USB-C at, at, on one connection or the other. Yes. Yes. Even right. the, the woven, um, I believe one of my Apple watches, I think it's the ultra also came with a woven cable. But yeah. 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 And it's yeah. USB-C on that USB-C end, right? On the end. Yeah. Yeah. So there, that's how I didn't, that's how, you know, if it's yeah. woven, it's USB-C, guys. That's easy. Now my mom could be like, oh, how do I know if I got... It's woven. It's woven. <laughs> and Michael Josh likes it very much. I okay, you know what? <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. I mean, all rumors and indications are that the iPhone 15 lineup will most likely come with USB-C. And some people will be affected by it. Some people won't. But it's a move that's just going to happen no matter what Apple says or does. This is one situation where Apple, you know, when when Apple gets pushed around to do something, it's different. This is really, it took a, not a country, but a conglomerate organization representing multiple countries. That's what it took to sell Apple. <laughs> no, you actually have to do this. Imagine right. if they're like, you have to bring back the headphone jack. Like things like that, right? It took I mean, I always a nation. Say- the it. Europeans are are so much more advanced. Look at GDPR, right? Um, oh, that's yeah, a conversation. Oh, yeah. I guess, but they do have two years, right? If the deadline is fall or um of or autumn in in the EU context of 2024, that could still be two iPhone release cycles. That, that's um, a good point. So they could kill the 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 port entirely in two years as well. I think also though if. If this phone is a complete redesign or a new refresh design, since we basically had roughly the same design the past three models, it would be the right time to USB-C. But at the same time, I remember when the iPhone 10 came out, everyone was like, you should have done USB-C on the iPhone 10 because it was like the new revolutionary design. It didn't happen. So, you know, we'll just see how it plays out. We we don't know, no, until we know. So there you go. Okay. um, Mr. Michael Josh, we were talking about, and you were alluding to other new products and, you and I have both been able to get our hands on the new iPad. So I thought this would be a good time to bring someone in to talk about, you know, as we've used them, as we're reviewing them. So let's start off with um, kind of the most buzzworthy of the two, the 10th generation. I'm going to do air quotes, entry level iPad. Um, You've been using it for a while. You put up your own review video. I don't watch people's videos until I'm done with mine. So I also don't want to know what you think until we talk. So um, I'd love to kind of hear your initial thoughts and then we'll just kind of go well, off on it. Speaking of changing ports, right? This yeah. is exactly like one of those devices that went from lightning to USB-C. It was like the last hold, you know, in the entire iPad lineup. It was the the only one that was left with an old, you know, design and the lightning port. Everybody else had transitioned to a USB-C port. So um, 
I was excited about the announcement, but let's make it clear: Apple is still selling the ninth generation iPad. Mm-hmm. So the old, <laughs> the old entry level uh, air quotes iPad uh, is still there, and um, you know it's still the budget offering. This new iPad is also um, supposed to replace that, but it's a little bit pricier. I forgot how much is it fifty bucks. So no, it's so it's actually um, the entry level ninth generation that or the okay the previous ninth generation entry level is three twenty nine. This new one starts at four forty nine. Four forty nine. So it's a hundred twenty dollars. Yeah. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, when you're hiring, you're supposed to leave no stone unturned. But how do you actually do that? Easy. Partner with one powerful stone turner. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews hate waiting? Well, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Now, one of the things I really like about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so really easy because their virtual interview feature. Don't make your candidates jump through hoops. Indeed's virtual interview tool means there's nothing to download. Just click and talk. Now, with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed makes it easy to connect with your applicants. No need to install anything extra. Indeed's virtual interview tool works from your browser. Now, Indeed saves you headaches. Interview virtually with no downloads, plugins, or purchases. You can do it all in one place with Indeed. And after using Indeed's virtual interviews, most employers said it saved them days of hiring time, according to Indeed data in the U.S. Now, on average, applicants who scored proficient or higher on the reliability assessment were twice as likely to be on time for work, according to Indeed data U.S. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in their database matching your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash AppleBits to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need a hire? You need Indeed. And also, thanks to Avast for sponsoring the pod. Avast is a global leader in cyber protection for more than 30 years and trusted by over 435 million users and prevents over 1.5 billion attacks every month. Avast empowers you with digital safety and privacy, no matter who you are, where you are, or how you connect. Enjoy the opportunities that come with being well-connected on your terms. Avast's new all-in-one solution, Avast One, helps you take control of your safety and privacy online through a range of features. Now, because Avast believes essential protection should be available to everyone, a free version of Avast One still includes award-winning free antivirus, free VPN, free firewall, and much, much more. Avast privacy features keep your identity and actions hidden. Its security solutions stop malware, phishing, and virus attacks. And Avast performance products clean up and speed up your devices. Now, there's two standout features for me. How about their award-winning antivirus? It stops viruses and malware from harming your devices. And a VPN, that allows you to connect safely and securely to public Wi-Fi and conduct your business wherever you go without, you know, the fear of cybercrime. Now, I also like how getting set up is easy. All I did was just download the app, one click for the scan, and Avast One took care of the rest for me. Thanks to Avast for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Confidently take control of your online world with Avast One. It helps you stay safe from viruses, phishing attacks, ransomware, hacking attempts, and other cybercrimes. Learn more about Avast One at Avast.com. So um, it's not, but I was very excited about it when I just saw the video because I I was like, we give me this new design, like just give me this new design. Um, so I love the fact that um, it looks it looks like the iPad Air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love two things. I love the, that they repositioned the camera because that's especially in the age of you know video calls like this one you want the camera to be in a in a better position more flattering position and uh off to the side was never oh, you're the saying, oh so you're saying that it doesn't get your best side michael that's exactly. why you weren't a fan <laughs> we all come on we all want to look good in video on video that's why they're filters for 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 these video calling uh apps and then i do love their um magic keyboard folio case um because it's like smaller and low profile i would love to have a version of that for my ipad uh, pro. Um, but there were, for me, the biggest disappointment 
is the Apple Pencil. Because there are certain things that I feel like Apple did wrong <laughs> that I really <laughs> that that really offends my sensibilities. Um, one is the charging on the magic. Is it called the magic mouse? Is it still called the magic mouse? The um, would you wait with the wait which magic mouse? The 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 magic mouse. The you mean the, the one where you have the lightning connection in the or you have it? to turn the mouse around? Yeah, to yeah, charge yeah. It. yeah, 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 yeah. So that that for me offends my design sensibilities and the original Apple Pencil. I just did not like the fact that to, to pair you had to plug it in to charge you had to plug it in. I know it comes with an adapter, but that just so I I felt like. This is the, this was the opportunity to finally just be rid be rid of that problematic design and just move forward because I love the Apple Pencil too. I I love the Apple Pencil too. I use it every day. Um, yeah, I have the texture of it, the way it feels, the flat side, the double tap, yeah, the magnetic connection. I mean, it's a yeah. modern, next generation pencil. Yes, yes, it it is, and and. So a um, couple of things, right? Obviously, the reason why the camera that they had, they were able to move the camera to where they moved the camera uh, is because they don't have that magnetic connection because that's where all the the mechanism for connecting that Apple Pencil is. So I get that. Um, it's just, you know, having to, it, it's almost silly having to film that <laughs> because <laughs> this is how you pair, this is how you pair your pencil with the new iPad. You plug in, you plug it into the adapter, you plug in your adapter. adapter, and then you have to plug it into your iPad. And you swing like, it or you swing that thing. You swing that thing. <laughs> it's like very, a little lasso. Exactly. It's very unapple. I it's, I it's super unapple. I mean when I when I did my video, I didn't know what I, I honestly in a weird way I didn't know what to expect from a standpoint of like I just I thought the actual adapter would go right into it at the time. Like my brain is like, okay, fine. I get it. USB-C to lightning. They're just going to plug it right in. But then you have this cable and it becomes just like, I like whipped around. I was like, yeah, when I opened it up, yeah. cause it's like, it was so look, I'm not the type of person that likes to always reference the eras of SJ versus Tim cook, but visually this is a very unapple type setup historically. It just is. Yes, and, well, that pencil, and that's why I call the pen, that original Apple pencil problematic, right? It's always <laughs> it's one of those. It's always been, you know, have you do you? I don't know if you've seen those videos back in the day where they'll hold, they'll they'll attach um the Apple pencil to the lightning port of the those iPads and then kind of hold it like a lollipop. Oh, it's oh, or it's like or it's like a, like a protest a sign. sign. It's like yes. a protest sign. Yeah, yes. yeah. And it was, you know, it just it was the scariest, most. It was never. <laughs> great design to begin with um <laughs> that said i also get you know going back to our conversation about you know how it's it, uh, how it might be a pain point for other users i totally get it because if this is supposed to be an entry level ipad right if this is supposed to be and if you're a parent and you already have maybe the 8th ninth, maybe 7th generation of that ipad for your kids um to take to school you've already spent like 99 dollars is it on the pencil, mm -hmm. you already own it, and you just want to upgrade their iPad. You don't want to kind of add to the cost of acquisition by having them buy a completely new pencil as well, right? And um, so, so I, I get, I get it as well. Um, I think it's, I think though, look, all the points that we're talking about are just the facts of the product. I think it's kind of like it's a, it's a product that's like a Frankenstein product. It's kind of stuck between two generations, right? You have the you have the new tech of or even just purely the new placement of the camera, which is an improvement. Um, it does not have face ID, although it has a camera, right? Yeah. So I I legit in my brain when I first opened it, I thought it was gonna have face ID, right? Sometimes you get these things, you forget all the bullet points, and I just open up and I'm like, oh, it doesn't have face ID. So good job, camera placement. Yes. Not so good, no face ID, right? Well, neither um, does the neither does the ipad air yes correct but i'm so yes you're right and i just think that it's still a it's still an interesting decision right yeah. that and i get it it costs more but they can still hide it in the bezel so you know a gripe that air didn't have it yes also this entry level didn't have it and i'm gonna put entry level and still put it in air quotes when i say this yeah the magic keyboard folio that has a row of function keys and media keys that 
a 12.9 inch and 11 inch iPad Pro does not have. Yes. That's like, hey, here's I a want, new next generation goodie that we I are want, don't have it on the Pro. I want it to be backlit and I want it to work with the Pros because I don't get me wrong. I like I like the Magic Keyboard, albeit its price tag. But like when you're on the road, sometimes you just want a folio, but you still want the keyboard. Yeah. So being able to snap snap off the keyboard part is I love that part. Um, yeah. And when uh, and people that aren't familiar, uh, Michael's referencing the fact that this new Magic Keyboard Folio it is a two piecer. So yeah. one one piece, there is no hinge on it per se that makes it that forces you to use it like a book you can actually remove the keyboard side and still have the the back protected um, and 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 hold it and read it naturally like you would with an ipad whereas when you have the ipad pro magic keyboard case um it's you can't you can't open it all the way and flip it all the way to around the back you just it becomes this huge massive thing if you want to look at it vertically you just got to take it off yeah it's basically a mount if you want to use it as a laptop but yeah you know it's cumbersome in the the context of using it as a tablet yeah is off the top of my head is the magic keyboard folio is it 249 is that how much it was do you remember (laughs) no (laughs) i'll look i'll look it up i remember i i mean you know there's so many things that are going on in our head um but i remember it was like it's a lot it's it's a lot a lot and at the same time, you know, I think Apple, they look at their market research and you made a point about people not wanting to spend an extra hundred dollars if they already have a pencil. I mean, yeah. that makes that does make sense from an earlier adopter type person who has that pencil. Do I want them to in a weird way? We talk about Apple removing ports and pushing an industry forward. Yeah, this is one of those things where is kind of a little on Apple where a lot of times they would push people forward. And, right? you know, I think. Let, I mean, to be fair to Apple as well, the Apple that we fell in love with was an Different. Apple that catered to um, just an elite group of... True, super elite. Super elite group of users. Super elite. Apple as a company today, as a trillion dollar company that it is today, is all about choice. Uh, very important to them um, because they they serve the masses now and they want to be able to offer something at every different price point for every kind of user. So uh, that's why I always caution myself every time I do a review to take off the the tech the techie yep. or the prosumer hat. Um do we even use that word in 2022? <laughs> yeah, sure we do. <laughs> um right because I also have to think about, you know, that's not the, these are not the concerns uh, of 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 that user. And especially yeah. when I review an entry level product, I have to kind of humble myself and bring myself down to the to the point of okay, what would this kind of user actually yep. need, worry, or care about? And I think obviously at at the entry level, price is probably the the biggest thing. And don't get me wrong, it's a great iPad. You know, like I'm, yeah. I don't if I were to be that user, I wouldn't. I don't care much if the screen isn't laminated. It works great. The pencil works great. You know, it works it, yeah, fine. It works fine. Not great. <laughs> it works fine. Um, yeah, and so it it does it does everything that that user might want in a in a nicer form factor. Uh, I love all the new colors. Um, oh, I mean that's that's what they're getting. That's what they're hitting with us a lot now. It's like this is a thing philosophically. The fact that Apple's like, oh, we're gonna give a lot of the phone fun phone colors on the more consumer. It's like let that go. Give a give us fun colors at every level. Every I'm level. sorry. Like honestly, it it won't like someone like you and I is not going to actually. Well, I don't know about you. I love the yellow. I love the yellow. But I'm not gonna buy a yellow entry level iPad based on how I use it. Right. Just give everyone all the colors. It does not take that <laughs> much time. Like the whole idea of like Pro is only silver space and gray. It's space like. Gray. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here with that. You know, yeah. I, I think you make a great point about perspective because that's, you know, and I I got to guarantee that because you take that perspective, you have a lot of people that will write in the comments. Oh, Apple lover, Apple show. Like you say anything good. There's a small percentage of the audience that when you say anything good about an entry level product, they yeah. get mad yeah. because a it's not for them. And they're like, oh, you shill. And I'm like, there's so many more people out there that represent the entry level consumer versus the high end tech. And yes, we know our audience is more tech savvy, but your point, like, even if I think something is ridiculous, I'm going to 
I'm going to break down and talk about, okay, who does this actually make sense for? And people yeah. are like, oh, you're such a shell for saying, I'm like, oh my we're, gosh, like there's a, who cares? Partly our fault, right? Because, you know, we've really trained, you know, tech creators like you and me have really kind of trained our, our audience. You know, we, we're the nitpickiest of, of, of the we're bunch. Like the creme right? de la creme, baby. We're like, oh, it's not, you know, buttery enough. It's not, <laughs> we, <laughs> we kind of brought that on, on, on ourselves as an industry uh, in a way. And I think I did a video like, five four or five years ago now where i was like am i to am i partly to blame mm -hmm. me as a tech creator for driving up prices because in my videos i rant about features that i want to have but the average consumer doesn't really need and so you know brands watching our videos our videos will be like yeah you know because we want something sexy for our these creators to talk about so let's put those things in like but they also add Jack up the price of a of a device, um, and, and in a way, I kind of like what Apple is doing in the sense that I love the delineation. I agree with you. The colors—that's another conversation. But I love the <laughs> delineation between pro and just—it's hard. I just don't have a word to say. I don't like to use general consumer, like, like general consumer, like regular and pro, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and then then you can be like because the average user is going to be completely happy with the iPhone fourteen unless you really need it or you want to show off and get the pro right and i love that i love that and i love that there are options you know we can segue to the ipad pro i don't even think i'm pro enough for the ipad pro i've i haven't done a review yet one because a lot of the software that was promised that's gonna really work really well isn't available hasn't dropped yet procreate i i, I messaged them on twitter yesterday because yeah. <laughs> i want to be able to show the new hover feature with procreate yeah, yeah. because i um but uh they're like not till the end of the year and i'm like okay yeah yeah <laughs> i just I, yeah no no to your point i there were i think at least three or four apps that i used to show it off but saying like procreate is the big one but you know we we will have to wait for it to come out until yeah and it. i want to do davinci resolve and, and yeah you know show what that looks like but i sometimes i find myself um you know thinking that i'm not worthy enough based on my workflows to actually do an iPad Pro review, because um, I don't think I push it as hard as, mm -hmm. as, um, as it deserves coming I mean, M2 on an iPad. That's, that's pretty I crazy. feel like I see what you're saying. I think it's, and it's, it's a fair, it's a fair assessment. I think that, hey, you might just like the larger screen. And if you yeah. like the larger screen, it's okay, Mike, you can, you can, you can still review that's, it early. That's, you know? that's what I, that's what I told users, you know, those shoes, I mean, it's an it's a it's an expensive option, but if you do like the double screen setup on the go, get the twelve point nine inch model, right? I love you know why the only reason why I prefer the pros is the latency. I like the yeah. I take so much notes. I like the one twenty um, hertz. Yeah, the promotion, yep, the promotion. I think I think the latency for the pen goes down to nine yep. milliseconds, and I think mm -hmm. it's I, I don't know what it is on the on the iPad Air, um, but I totally am happy with the iPad Air otherwise. Um, so yeah, but I have a, I have a question for you. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, there's this whole conversation. I, I, I tweeted, I asked people like, what are your, what would you, how could Apple improve the iPad? Um, and a, 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 an answer I get a lot is Mac OS. Um, of course. And you know, there's this whole, it, again, depending on who you ask, right? Like, yeah. Could Apple put a desktop OS on an iPad, um, or are we are they just forcing us to do it their way by trying trying to get us to rethink the way we do things and changing workflows specifically for an iPad? Where do you sit on that debate? So um, I'm going to go back to a, a something a little later that we talked about earlier. But to answer your question, you know we've seen historically that Apple is deliberately trying to make the iPad its own experience. Right. They're doing this because they don't want to cannibalize sales, because I'll tell you right now, if I'm a user who has who normally, you know, uses a workhorse MacBook Pro because of the the profession that we're in is creating content. If I could get an iPad to literally do exactly what my Mac Pro book Pro does, but then have touchscreen capability um, and no matter what that price is, honestly, I would get an iPad that could act like a Mac that could run a Mac OS desktop. I would. But. Um, I know strategically that doesn't make sense. I think that what in the real world, what Apple needs to do is because they've been so 
stuck on this thinking that the iPad is an iPad and the Mac is a Mac, which is okay, is that the iPad has not actually evolved as much. And I think their biggest their biggest holding the thing holding them back is the fact that, look, okay, fine. I don't need an iPad to be a Mac OS. I really don't, but I expect it to use the full power it has, meaning Final Cut Pro for for iPad OS, Logic for iPad OS, like really investing in helping third party companies, much like you know, DaVinci Resolve finally going on an iPad. I'm really intrigued by at least what that means from a standpoint of could I actually now take my iPad Pro out as a light lighter weight backup editing machine? Could I? If I could, that changes what the iPad Pro means to me and get unlocks a whole new level of functionality that we've never seen. And you know, the first when the first iPad Pro came out, I loved the bigger screen. I've always been about that. And there's our rumblings that they might even release a 16-inch one next year. We'll see, right? But that first review, if you go back and look at it, I said I really want to see pro level apps on this. If this is an iPad Pro with a screen this size with a processor like this, yeah. it's been seven years, Michael, and yeah. we've never seen them kind of at least push that evolution. And I think this year's iPad Pro, although depending on where you are in the upgrade cycle, it can actually make sense for a lot of people. But this year's iPad Pro um, has the least amount of upgrades that we've actually seen year to year. We got yeah. a processor bump. We get yeah. Wi-Fi 6E and we get and, Apple uh, Pencil uh, Hover, which is yeah. great for artists, really great for artists and designers if it's unlocked to the level we hope and expect. Again, I, I put up a little if because sometimes Apple pushes it and sometimes they don't and sometimes developers jump on, sometimes they don't. Yeah. So I think what's really holding back the iPad Pro line to me specifically is actually making it a pro-level device and they don't need to put Mac OS on it. Like yeah. I'd actually like, I'd actually like a MacBook that at least I can touch like icons and launch apps on the bar and basic scrolling and pinching and zooming. I don't need a full multi-touch experience, but you know, surface, you can scroll. There's so many times I still accidentally touch my screen just because I want to scroll a web page. Yeah. Um, so ba- simple pinch and zooming, scrolling and like hitting apps on the dock, that would work for me. Like take a Definitely. few things, but still keep them their own experience, which Apple is set to do because they make more money by people like you and I knowing that an iPad is a luxury device that we enjoy. But if I had to only buy one device, yeah, I would buy a MacBook Pro. Um, and yeah. if I had those res- and if I didn't have the resources, I wouldn't buy an iPad, but I love the iPad because I can. Yeah. So yeah. that's where I stand with how they can push it forward. And they just haven't really done that still seven years later. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot there. I mean, there are a lot of iPad features that, you know, are on the new Mac OS Ventura, you know, in a way that they kind of feel the same. Uh, I, a lot of the apps, you're right, are not there yet. Even in photo, with Photoshop, for example, was mm-hmm. promised, but it never was like the same version of, of what's on the desktop. Um, although I, I think about it, the reason why I asked is because I definitely see you know, the iPad intrinsically because of its design and, and mobility and just the form factor of it all is is a different kind of device. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it also allows for a different kind of application. So it's almost like thinking out of the box, like computing. If you think about computing and what computing is to you, uh, you know, on a, on a desktop or on a laptop, you don't you don't you can kind of re- there's a potential to, to rethink what computing is on a device like this. And, you know, just seeing artists being able to just, you know, zoom, you know they can pinch instead of having to go into the dial. And, mm-hmm. and, and then so all those things are, are, are great. Um, I guess you're right. We kind of need to, to see more of that. And, and Apple can take the lead there because exactly. they're always all the first, ha- you know, Apple software, you know, could be something that they are ready to roll out when they make an announcement, right? Or while we wait for everybody else to catch up, right? Um, I'd, I'd be interested to see what Final Cut might look like on an iPad. Right. Um, I think. I think. And to your point, like we don't. It doesn't need to be an exact desktop version. It can be different in certain ways. But they have the power. We know they have the power and ability and the resources. But I also understand they're so spread thin because they have so many freaking products now. But they do have the ability to create a true workflow from Final Cut Pro on an iPad to then go to desktop. You can use, 
iCloud where you could st- at least have the projects updated. Maybe, you know, you don't necessarily have to put all your video files there, but if you have a hard drive and you can just work on the projects and then swap between, like there is a logical yeah. way yeah. to connect the two pieces of the ecosystem and actually yeah. bring value to both. That just still hasn't happened. But I do think that this new API and um, the M2 being able to take advantage of this whole Apple Pencil Hover, that is, to your point, a unique way to approach this device that no other device can do from an Apple standpoint to to elevate this product. And it elevates it for a specific niche group, let's be honest, but it still elevates it. And though this yeah. is kind of one of those things where, again, we need to see how software developers adapt it because I'll give you an example. Adobe Fresco um, right now uses, you can use Apple Pencil Hover, but you can only use Apple Pencil Hover on the UI, meaning, oh, it'll highlight UI elements. Okay. It will preview layers. But the biggest thing that, any any app in my mind, I mean, I have it on my review, which will be coming out. So this is basically like spoiling my review. But any app that has any type of pen or pencil tool needs to use the hover feature. Hover. So Adobe Fresco yeah. does yeah. not allow you to use the hover pencil and brush feature. And so it's kind of like yeah. you have hover on the UI, but you don't you can't even preview the brush and it's there. So yeah. maybe that evolves over time. But I'm kind of like. Yeah. You've got it. Probably show me this to implement as well. In, yeah, in a, yeah, in, yeah. So our creative client. I will say that you know there, there have been. Wait, before we continue, there. Did you say that you wanted to go back to another point, or are we good in terms? We'll, of, we'll go back to it later. We we'll go back to it later when we wrap okay. up. Yeah. Okay. Um. The the have the um, there have been comments, but Samsung has had. Yes. Um, That's why I said like, Apple product. Yeah. <laughs> has had that for a a long time now and 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 that's fair but i mean i will say apple does implementation wise apple really does it really really well um so yes uh in the most basic form like you were alluding to is like app icons will kind of like kind of like respond to float uh, yeah or grow they grow a little bit Pulse, yeah, they'll pulse when you're over it. And I was, um, and and I was, I said in my review, I was like, well, I would love an updated Apple Pencil with haptics, so mm-hmm. that when you when they when they pulsate, mm-hmm. you can feel mm-hmm. them on the pen as well, so that you I have like that, that full tactile experience. Um, but obviously, I mean, I've seen the Procreate demo in the in the video yes. that that Apple did, and being able to, you know. Uh, hover while you're pinching you can change totally. opacity and you can see the preview of what the opacity will look like or opacity how do you pronounce it it's fine <laughs> i'm not gonna hold tomato tomato opacity opacity, opacity. <laughs> <laughs> and, or brush size even just seeing the and then being able to see what you know because you you make an estimate of what brush size you want, right? right but yeah. being able to see a preview before committing to the stroke, those are those are cool things, and and hopefully we we see that implemented soon. I mean, there's an API, so yeah. You know, what's, a, what's also um shoot, hold on, what I was going to talk about when we we're talking about Apple Pencil. Oh, um, what was interesting about you know the, the hover feature is. The the hover feature has been around on other devices and and also it it's kind of implemented differently. But what was cool is when you talked about the Apple Pencil, you know, hovering over icons. Like people kind of forget that the Magic Keyboard, when they first had the Magic Keyboard, when you use the mouse, it actually has the same behavior, right? When you float that little dot over the icon. So the origins of the new Apple Pencil 2 functionality with hover is basically the learnings from how they implemented the UI from the MacBook right. Magic uh, Magic Keyboard. And yeah. so I thought it was like, oh, it was really interesting that the whatever this you know new coprocessor and power in the M2 is has unlocked this ability with previous generation hardware, the Apple Pencil 2, to now give this this new feature. Like that is, again, that's what I'm excited for, even though I don't use it. Like yeah. I'm not a pro digital artist, but I see how it can unlock so many more things for people that are peers yeah. that, are di- that are digital artists. Like they should be so excited about the iPad Pro M2, quite honestly. That community, and we'll see again how in depth it does. And we'll see what happens with Procreate and others. But if I was a digital artist right now, I'd be damn excited about the yeah. M2 iPad Pro because yeah. there's a lot of digital artists that don't even need or use the an, uh, the current iPad Pro. They're on iPads two, three, four years ago, and they're still doing great, amazing work. Like they, they're on an iPad Air that doesn't that has the a little slower latency. I think 
to your point, it was like from nine milliseconds. I think before it was close to maybe like 18 or 20 milliseconds, but it was basically like trimmed in half um, right. with the with the latency. And then the latency wasn't the biggest deal, but it does matter like to feel as real time as possible. It just does. So um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, it's it's cool. I'm I'm excited about, but it's you know in my review. I own an M1 iPad Pro. I've always liked the larger screen, but I did not pre-order the M2 for myself, and I'm, and I'm, I'm in a wait and see holding pattern to see what DaVinci Resolve does and and how it evolves. Yeah, I've I've been reviewing iPads for a while now, and and all, all, always, you know, I ask myself the que- myself questions as I as I kind of write my review, and it's always been like, is the iPad a luxury item? Mm-hmm. Is it a an item that is actually useful? in certain industries and i think uh because i ask myself that question every time i'm in the real world i'm a little bit more um aware when i see ipads and i'm always curious to see how ipads are used in different industries um i had a i met uh this um this pilot well he he anyway he flies planes so i was (laughs) i was asking him like can you tell me about why the iPad? Um, why do you use the iPad? And it was like, oh, we have this application. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching, I, I, I'm an aviation geek, so I was watching this this video about these pilots picking up a, a plane from the Airbus factory to take it home. And they were going over the, all their, and they all had, even on the new plane, there was like iPad holders on both sides for both the pilot and the co-pilot. So like in the aviation industry, it's a tool, right? It's not yep. just a luxury. Um, uh, you see it in restaurants all the time, you know, what servers um, use iPads. And then I've seen it in uh, in the in the medical field. So that, that's also probably another like part of me wants to kind of be uh, to kind of show people that, hey, the iPad is is a great tool for many different industries. Mm-hmm. I just I'm not familiar with them all. Um, and I, I will kind of um, I'm, I'm actually doing this video on this Asus um, foldable computer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I want, and so one segment of my video is talking about what it can do in tablet mode. And um, I think it's, I think it's worth pointing out that I struggled because I was on the Windows Store just trying to find mm. a great application to be able to show people what you might be able to do mm-hmm. in tablet mm-hmm. mode. And the reality is, there are not a lot of apps out mm-hmm. there. We're spoiled in the Apple ecosystem. Oh. And you know, you know, Dub Dub is such a great. I mean is all the, the importance of dub dub is really being able to get all these developers to because you give them the tool and i think that's the reason why the m the m2 ipad is overpowered and and probably unnecessary for most folks is you kind of like give them a really powerful machine that can do things like memory swapping now and, and whatnot right and then you de- you really cultivate your developer community and that's why you have medical apps that are used you know and like I don't know, like just crazy stuff. Um, you know, what I'm curious is that because you, if you see the visuals of of the launch event, you 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 see them in dimly lit environments mm-hmm. with the, pro, the studio display, two thousand dollar monitor connected to it, um, which by the way is no longer just mirroring now. It's a, it can be a secondary display, and then you also see iPads and rigs in production that's the visual that apple is the story apple is i've never to. seen i've never you know you and i have never seen someone do that yet i'm just saying i think it it offers versatility but we've never seen that yet yes but keep yeah. going keep going no but i'm curious like what would hollywood use this right like um would this be something but then i i guess as a reference monitor because it now can do reference i don't know yeah. like I'm, well here's the thing here's an interesting thing right so you you, co- you talk on two points so first point is that when you're saying, you know, it, it can be used for so many things um, and we're not expert in all. I mean, bottom line, the iPad is the best tablet experience out there from an ecosystem standpoint. No matter what, like the actual variety, diversity of apps that are available for it is unmatchable. I think even on a Surface product, the Android store that Windows is using is the Andro- is the um, Amazon Android store. It's not even the Google Android store. So they don't even have access to even the wider range of um, Android apps required that can be run on Surface devices. And so you even hear that, I'm just like, the Apple ecosystem with all the developers that have swarmed to it is just incredible from just from a pure app standpoint, right? You've got it. If you're, you talk different entry points where like, oh, who is this for? Well, guess what? There's a lot of people where that are are at the age that the iPad might be their actually very first computer, right? It just might be. 
And so just even from that standpoint, um, the different types of level of users and how they think and treat about computing is also different because of their generation. Um, But I think ultimately the iPad Pro, whether you're you need an iPad Pro power or not, um, it's still the experience is still consistent across all devices, right? So when you say, Oh, I don't know if I would use the power, you probably you and I probably don't. I use it more for watching movies and reading (laughs) comics on a plane than I do for anything else. Like the M2 has the media engine that allows you to encode and decode like 8K and 4K ProRes video. I have never done that on an iPad. Yes. Luma Fusion, um, DaVinci Resolve come up fine, but I've just never done that yeah. still, right? Yeah. And maybe it's like, you know, can't teach an old dog new tricks. Sometimes yeah. I'm used to d- doing and editing my video and have feeling like yeah. I have full control and full understanding and even just access to the file system a lot easier on a computer. But um, that overhead that you talk about on the M2 iPad Pro even though we haven't seen it mature the way that I want it to, we're st- we're we're getting we're we are seeing new features unlocked because of that overhead. Apple Pencil Hover happens at least from what they're telling us because yeah. of the M2 processor, yeah. the overhead, the additional power that they can direct um, to come to figure out how can we use the extra oomph yeah. and horsepower. So even though that's not a high high end feature, the yeah. extra overhead has allowed them to give us new features, and so. As long as they keep on doing things like that, I do. I enjoy that, whether or not I'm the user that is being targeted or not. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think I think there are creative professionals. I think are really going to benefit from this. I can imagine color grading using the pen to kind of like do masks and stuff, and like modeling, three D modeling, and rendering of all that of all of that work. Anything to do that requires you know a pen to interact. I could definitely see see that. But yeah, I mean the, the iPad. I have always loved my iPad. Yeah, but, me too. But I, for you're exactly you, um, you're exactly right. It is more of a luxury device, at least for me. I love taking notes. Um, I use it as a notebook. I love re- using it to read comics and watch movies on the plane. Um, I have yes. a question. I have a question for you. Um, you know, you you say you like reading. You like taking notes. Are you intrigued by that Amazon Kindle that now has the pay- yes. the the re- the remarkable kind of like feature? <laughs> so much like, so when they I'm super me fascinated by it. Device. I said yes right away, thinking it was they were going to send me that to review, but they sent me the entry level Kindle, uh, <laughs> and it's still in the box. <laughs> but I am interested in in seeing. I definitely, I'm always in the market for like a writing a device of sort. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so two two other things because. We're going to um, wrap it real quick. As you were talking about um, the iPad Pro and how Apple likes to show off people using it as like a camera rig, yeah. I think, look, you and I haven't seen people do it, but I actually think about pe- young people who might, like I said, you know, an iPad Pro or even in any iPad can start, okay, let's say you start at 449. We know we have our phones that are a lot of our cameras but the fact the fact that someone could use an iPad as a main camera and create we talked about quality of videos and stuff like you can get away with and no one's going to question the quality of your content if you're using a phone or an iPad it's really more about the 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 storytelling and what you have to offer alongside of your visuals like there's that democratizes content from a standpoint of you could you don't need a $2,000 camera with a lens setup to basically be able to shoot content and build an audience with an iPad or an iPhone. Right. So I always, the demo, you know, we, we are both YouTubers, YouTube democratized content. So we didn't have the only way to be involved in media. Wasn't through a movie studio or a TV studio and a person who said, no, I don't like what you're doing. YouTube allowed us to do whatever we want. Much like, these tech devices, iPad, iPhone, for us, used yes, to be so much, so much. Yeah. So all these young creators, look at like pure example, TikTok. Look at my nieces and nephews. They they're born from a g- different generation yeah. where their brain thinks differently and edits differently than I do. Like they look at how I edit, they're like, "Why do you edit?" You know, that's takes so much time to learn. I don't want to edit on something like that. And they're yeah. just on their phone going, "Ba ba 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 ba," and just yeah. putting it out. And I'm just like. Yeah, your brains are different, you know? And yeah. so to me, any way that we can democratize opportunity and create more equity um, for all different socioeconomic classes 
Yes, there is a level of entry to get these devices, but it's cheaper than it's ever been before. And yeah. so even though I see that and I say, no one's going to shoot an I, a movie on an iPad Pro like that, there are people that are actually doing it and just holding it in their hands and doing it at home and making home videos. And they're learning how to create content that way. And that is incredible. That is yeah. powerful yes. to kind of create a different pathway of success for your life just because you happen to own an iPad. Yes. Right? yes. So, you know, and although it does, I, I haven't seen it yet. I know it's happening. You made a really good point earlier about talking about sometimes even you as an oldie, right, with a different programming will still want to swipe um, on a, on a you know, a, a non-touchscreen uh, Mac. And I think about my nephew who, you know, is already, he, he's not even one, but he's he's already, he knows devices, mm-hmm. he's aware of cameras, he knows touchscreen. So just imagine this generation. And, and that's why I, I always, you know, try not to be so much of a curmudgeon sometimes because can't be. I can't. I can't force my way of thinking. I need to be open and enough and open enough. And sometimes that that requires me to think beyond what I'm already capable of, of thinking. And you look at and it's, it's nice to look at young people and and see what they're doing. Why we talk like old, much old. We're parts. not that old. We're not that old. We're not that old. But like uh, old. no, but we also grew up. I mean, you yeah, can have grew up with this whole revolution. You can have two different children of two different ages and they're two different generations. This it's just everything is happening so fast and you know technology is definitely part of that right an enabler and um yeah it's, it's, it's exciting it's nice so to have huh it's nice to have this, i feel privileged to to have the seat oh, where we see it all happen we're so lucky that we're living in this age where it's happening so fast we're so lucky and to be a part of it we're so lucky to to be in that space i mean i tell my audience that all the time so um mj just since we're wrapping up here talking about the ipads um who do you think the 10th generation iPad is for and um and who do you think the M2 iPad Pro is for just this is and there's no wrong answer because we all Yeah, that. I I definitely think that the 10th gen iPad uh if you're in the market for a new iPad just don't get the 9th gen one just get the 10th gen one mm-hmm. I know it's cheaper but especially you know you'll want a device that will kind of last for a couple of years I always say especially you if you're the user who replaces devices every 5 years or so mm-hmm. just get mm-hmm. the the best one that you can afford because yep. you want a device that is going to be future proof. Um, I definitely think for the average user, if you don't care so much about, you know, if the pen doesn't bother you, save yourself the money and 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 just you know get get the more affordable 10th gen iPad. Uh definitely go for that. Um I I think it's good even for if you're just gonna read comics on the plane. Isn't that good enough for you? Let's be honest. Yeah, it, it's absolutely it's good enough for absolutely me. It's good. absolutely good enough for me. And yeah. the reality is most people don't. I mean, there's we know lots of people use the pencil, but most people don't use the pencil with an iPad. You're like yes. you don't even just because it supports the first gen should not actually change your mind about it. Like if you don't yeah. use a pencil, you don't need to you don't need to you get don't it. Need a pencil. <laughs> but I love you know, I would love to be a student in high school, grade school or high school right now with a 10th gen iPad with a keyboard folio and a pencil. And and, and that's really all I need. So definitely a device for students, I think. I mean, it depends on what the school, you know, if it's allowed. Depends which private school you're going to. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Pro pro iPad for me, uh, get the M2 iPad. If you own last year's model, don't upgrade. Don't upgrade. Don't upgrade. Uh, But um, if... If you're, you know, if you're looking for either a big screen iPad, sure, go for it. If you're a creative professional, definitely. Like, uh, um, if you're especially anything to do with using the pen, I think the iPad Pro is 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 great. Yeah. You yeah. know what I would love it could do? I wish it could. I could use it as an external monitor, so like I could connect my Sony camera and have that as my monitor, so I can see myself. <laughs> yeah. Like. There, there is, there is like a Wi-Fi app, I believe, that there? connects to. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's, oh. there's a Wi-Fi based app that talks to your Sony camera to use it like a monitor, actually. Oh, right, I use it on my iPhone. That should be able. You know yes, what? Sir. I will check it out after this video. After this, boom. This <laughs> See, new ideas come from talking to friends all the time. I know, I know. So, it would be so amazing if we. Um, I used to share a studio with some of. Of my fellow creators and one of the things that i that really sold me on the idea is you know imagine if we were just all working and re- working on our reviews in the same room we could totally bounce ideas off each other and yeah 
It's it's fun. I mean, it's always fun, man. And uh, I know I'll see you at some future tech events coming yes. up soon. So, um, Michael, thank you so much for hanging out. This is a great talk. I mean, I I love your insights and everything. Um, could you just kind of remind people again where they can find you before we say la vie? Sure. Uh, YouTube.com slash gadget match, uh, Instagram.com slash gadget match. Um, just all just find me on anywhere. They're also gadgetmatch.com. We have a website. So, oh, hey, hey, that's right. Uh, for news all right, Michael. Thank you so much again for your time and hanging out. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Okay. Always a pleasure. See you soon. Yes, sir. All right. See ya. Okay, everyone. So I'm really curious what your takes are on the M2 iPad Pro, the M, not the M, the 10th gen iPad. You get a little brain jumbled once in a while. And also there's something else coming up down the pipeline. The Apple TV 4K will probably be the main focus of next week, but a whole lot going on in, yeah, iPhones finally getting USB-C pretty much confirmed by Apple themselves. I mean, that's as much as a confirmation as you'll ever get from the fruit guys over in Cupertino. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Hey, first of all, before we go, big thanks to our Platinum Apples at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael G. Gliotti, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for all of your support. And again, to all of you for allowing me to do this. Holy cow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So plenty more coming down the pipe. Um, more reviews coming. Yes. A lot of you have been saying, where's your Apple Watch Ultra View? Uh, it took a while to get all the elements, but the elements are done. I'm going to do a one month later view. It is basically that one month. So just keep your eyes on that and some other stuff coming and uh, also have something interesting. Well, we'll just have to wait for that to happen. Yeah. I'm not trying to tease you, but I'm just saying there's, there's cool stuff coming down the pipeline, like exclusive stuff. Okay, that's all I'll say. All right, everybody, take care. We'll see you next time. We'll hear you next time, or you'll hear me. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.